You're listening to a sermon preached at Cross and Crown in Melbourne. We believe that God speaks through the Bible and He calls us to preach the Word and proclaim His Gospel. We pray that as you listen, you will be strengthened to know, love and live for Jesus. One of the wonderful things about Psalm 46 is that it holds out a precious promise of security to God's people. And it's helpful to remind ourselves of this in this kind of strange situation that the the world is in and that we're in the thick of, particularly in Melbourne, uh, with the coronavirus threatening our health and uh, the lockdown and the isolation threatening our relationships and our financial security. And as we read Psalm 46, um, what the songwriter does is he asks us to, first of all, imagine the worst possible global disaster that we can. And so he says this in Psalm 46, verse 2. Therefore will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains tremble with their surging. And the picture that the writer of the psalm is giving us is basically the end of the world. You know, the earth is giving way, the mountains are falling into the middle of the ocean, and there's this lovely picture of the mountains trembling with fear because they're scared of falling into the water. And this is a very powerful kind of Bible image. If you remember, right at the beginning of creation in Genesis 1, what is one of the first things that God did to create a safe and stable world? for uh, his creatures to live in. He separated the land and the water. And our song asks us, well, imagine if that was undone. You know, the world was uncreated and the land fell back into the sea. If you want to help, uh, a bit of help imagining it, Google, we'll have to do it later, but Google paintings by a chap called John Martin. He was a wonderful uh, 19th century English painter. If you ever go to the Tate in London, you can see these massive canvases that he painted of the end of the world. And there are these extraordinary pictures of sort of whole kind of land masses being tipped up. And he carefully paints lots of little people kind of falling into the, the, the middle of the huge kind of volcanic holes in the ground and great waves falling on top of them. That's what the psalmist is asking us to imagine. But the reason he does this is so that he can make a promise to us, or God can make a promise to us. He says, look, even if this happened, God's people would be safe with him. So don't be afraid. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear that the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. God is our refuge and strength. He's powerful enough to keep us safe. Even if the world ends, the mountains fall into the sea. Therefore, we will not fear. Now, it's fair to say the world at the moment is in quite a serious crisis with the coronavirus going on. The world is not going to end. But it's not a small thing that's happening. In the, in the United States, 
it's in some ways a much more serious problem than it is here. I'm half American, so I often think about what's going on in the US and think about who I should vote for, but that's another story. Uh, in the United States, more than 200,000 people have been killed. And to put that in perspective, that is more than half the number of US soldiers who died in World War II. That's a lot of people. I think in Australia, we've lost sight of just how dangerous the coronavirus is. And what it's doing to countries like India, Brazil and the United States. I think the, the harder thing for most of us is that in order to try and stop this virus, our government is kind of deliberately crippling our economy, particularly here in Victoria, to the point where we feel like it's going to collapse. And so here's the, the kind of the shock that is being felt by the Western world. The two things that I think we trusted more than anything else to make us safe are wonderful, developed health systems. They're amazing. And our wonderful, developed economies that have so powerful and have been so robust for so many years, it feels like they are breaking in front of our eyes. These things that we feel like our life and our safety depends on them. And they're being defeated by an enemy too small to see. And so here's the promise that God holds out to his people. To you, if you're a Christian person this morning, while this is going on, he says, whatever happens, I will make you safe. Even if you get coronavirus. Or even if Australia's economy or your business collapses and falls into the sea, I will keep you safe because I'm God. And as we read on, the psalmist explains how God keeps his people safe. How does it work? And what the psalm does is it makes a promise that is, as the earth gives way, there's still a place of safety, a city where God lives. Let me read you Psalm 46, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And the author of the psalm is talking here about the ancient city of Jerusalem. It was the place where God had his throne, his temple in the midst of his people. And God was there, present with his people in a very special way. And what the song promises, what Psalm 46 promises, is that even if the rest of the world fell into the sea, this place where God lives would be safe. Psalm 46 verse 4, the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells, God is within her, she will not fall. It's really important that we understand this. The place where God dwells, he will keep safe, which is why if you've read the book of Ezekiel, which is all about the, you know, the preparation or what happens as God prepares to destroy Jerusalem, a key thing that has to happen is God has to leave. And he leaves his temple and he leaves his city so that it can be destroyed. 
As we go back to Psalm 46 and read on, God gives us a wonderful image of how God keeps his city, the place where he lives, how does he keep it safe? Psalm 46, verse 6, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, but God lifts his voice and the earth melts. And I, I love this picture of the power of God and the power of his word. The images of nations attacking God's city and surrounding kingdoms collapsing. Presumably, you know, there's a great army They've destroyed all the kingdoms around them. Now they're approaching God's city. What does God do? God lifts his voice and the earth melts. He shouts at them or says a word to them. And this, these, this huge army, or whatever the danger is, it melts away. It's worth remembering just how powerful God is. He created this world with a word. That's how powerful he is. And he can control it with a word. He can say to coronavirus, stop. And it would end instantly. So here's the great promise that the psalm makes. It says, look, if you are in this special place where God lives, if you are with him there or he is with you there, God will keep you safe no matter what. No matter how you are assailed, what challenges or enemies attack you, God will destroy them. He'll keep you safe with a word. Now we need to think now about, well, how does this promise apply to us? You know, because I'm not necessarily, you're pro if you're listening to this, you're probably not living in Jerusalem. If you are, a particular warm welcome to you, and I'm very glad that you've tuned in. At the time this song was written, under the old Mosaic covenant, that was the covenant that God had established between himself and the people of Israel, the place where God lived with his people, was in his city, Jerusalem. That's where his temple was. That's the place that he kept safe when he was there. But in the new covenant that Jesus has established, this promise gets bigger and better and a lot more portable. We don't have to go and live in a dusty city in the Middle East to be with God. Instead, how does it work in the New Covenant? We, God's people, are now the place where God lives on earth. Jesus gives his spirit, gives God himself to everyone who believes in him to dwell in us. And so here's the astonishing gospel promise. To you, if you are someone who believes in Jesus, your weak fragile, decaying, mortal body is God's dwelling place on earth. You are his city, or we, his people, together are his city. We are his temple. He will keep our frail, mortal bodies safe, even if the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the sea. And I think that's a very reassuring promise. When we think about our bodies being attacked by the coronavirus or cancer 
or old age or whatever else it might be. God is with us. We're his dwelling place. I'm going to make a very silly, a deliberately silly illustration uh, at this point, but I think it's helpful to get the point. I think being a Christian is therefore a little bit like being the Incredible Hulk. For those of you who don't know much about the Incredible Hulk, he's a very kind of large green... He's not a monster, he's a goodie who lives in the fragile body of a man called Bruce Banner. I relate to Bruce Banner. He's a kind of nerdy guy with no real muscles of his own uh, and wears glasses. But what happens to Bruce Banner is if his fragile body gets threatened by an enemy, then you suddenly discover there's someone else living in him, the Incredible Hulk. And suddenly the Hulk will appear and he smashes Bruce's enemies. And there's, if you've seen the Avengers movie, there's a wonderful, the Hulk doesn't say very much, but he says these wonderful two words, Hulk smash, Hulk smash. And by doing that, he keeps a weak little Bruce Banner safe. Now, I do want to apologize for comparing God to the Incredible Hulk. But I hope you get my point. God, who is very powerful and very strong, will protect our frail mortal bodies from our enemies. He is within us and is powerful to keep us safe. But again, we need to think carefully about how this works out in practice. Does this mean that Christians won't get the coronavirus because God will keep them safe? Or does it mean that no Christians will die because they get the coronavirus? No, that isn't what the promise means. That isn't how the promise works out. The way God's promise of safety for his people works out in practice is actually far greater, with much longer implications than that. God promises that, look, even if you do get the coronavirus, even if your body does die and decay, and actually all of them are decaying, and all of them will die one day, God makes a promise. He says, I will raise your body from the dead. Why? Because your body is where God lives by his spirit. That's God's promise. Let me read to you from Romans chapter 8, verse 11. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Isn't that wonderful? This is the way God's promise in Psalm 46 works out in the gospel, in the new covenant. Because God is within you, you won't fall. He will raise you from death to life forever. And that's how he will keep you safe. It is an ultimate, emphatic, everlasting safety. God gives you. And he proved that he wasn't joking, that he's really going to do this for your frail, fragile body by raising Jesus from the dead. And God says, look, look what I did for him, a mortal man just like you. Look what I did for him through my spirit who lived in him. I will do the same 
for you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. Because your mortal body is not like everyone else's. It's the dwelling place of the living God. It's his home. It's where he lives on earth. His spirit is living in you. And therefore, he will not let you fall. I think that's a happy and a reassuring thing to think about, to dwell on, to meditate on, as we go about our daily business in the midst of this crisis. But I, want to fin- I want to finish with a kind of more precise point of application. You know, what do I actually do now in response to this amazing promise of safety that God makes to me? You know, as my enemy, coronavirus, cuts a sway through the world, or as our economies stagger and break, what do I actually do, God, in response to this promise? And I think God tells us what to do in the psalm. Let me read you Psalm 46, verse 10. God says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And it's worth giving a bit of context to what God is saying there in the psalm. Some people think these words were spoken to God's people when Jerusalem, God's city, was surrounded by the Assyrian army in about 700 BC. And I don't know if you know that much about Israel's history, but the Assyrian army had previously conquered all the surrounding kingdoms around Jerusalem. And they were far bigger and far more powerful than the people of Jerusalem and their army. And they were effectively this little walled city, isolated, helpless in the face of a far stronger enemy. And God said to them, I've got this. There's nothing you can do, but be still and trust me. Know that I'm God and I can deal with this. And then what God did is he did this amazing thing where he sent out a plague in the middle of the night and he wiped out the whole Assyrian army, 180,000 soldiers in one night. And what were his people doing as God rescued them like that? Were they kind of alongside him, actively assisting him? No, he did it in the middle of the night when they were literally lying still in their beds. And so his promise came true. Be still and know that I'm God. I've got this. I'm the one with the power. I don't need your help. And I think this is God's word to us today. Be still and know that I'm God. I am totally in control of the coronavirus. However bad it may get. You know, there there may be another coronavirus outbreak. There may be a third wave and a fourth wave. Who knows? Our Australian economy, which we put so much trust and confidence in, it may completely break 
has happened in the 1930s to the global, big global economies. That could happen again. Or there could be, you know, we could go the way of America. We could end up with hundreds of thousands of people dying because of this virus. I don't know. We may, I hope we don't, or I hope you don't, but that you may have many more months trapped at home. We don't know what's going to happen. And you may feel very, very helpless and very frustrated and angry. But I think this is God's word to you, if that's how you're feeling. God says, be still. I've got this. Whatever happens, I'll clothe you. I'll feed you. I will bring your fragile body safely into glory. Because you're my dwelling place. And that is the one thing that really matters. You know, if everything else goes wrong and you get that thing right... It's all okay. And God says, look, even if no one else is allowed to be with you, he is still allowed to be with you. He is with you always. He is there to comfort you, encourage you. You know, That is one of the, the wonderful names of the Holy Spirit, the comforter. You have him. For company. If you'll sit down and be still for long enough to seek his face, he will powerfully comfort you. So I wonder if this is God's word to you this morning. Be still. Calm down. Don't rage against the machine if you're that way inclined, and I am. God will keep you safe. He's looking after you. He's with you. I want to finish now by uh, addressing people listening to this who may not yet be Christians themselves. And my call to you on behalf of Jesus, because that's what I am, I'm really just a, a messenger boy for Jesus. My call to you on Jesus' behalf is to come to him for safety. You know, Jesus is able to give you a gift that no one else can to make you safe. Jesus is able to give you God. Jesus is able to give you the gift of God himself coming to live in you by his spirit. And if he gives you that gift, then the promise of this psalm, this part of the Bible, is God will make you safe forever, even in the face of death. And that's only one of Jesus' gifts. Jesus offers you forgiveness for your sins to lift that heavy burden of guilt from your shoulders. He alone, as God, has the authority to forgive your sins. He offers you freedom from their power to ruin you and in the end condemn you to hell. Jesus offers you the gift of adoption by God. He offers you the gift of becoming a, a son of God like him. Someone who is loved and protected and cared for by the most powerful and loving father in the world. 
Those are the things that Jesus offers to you. And do you know what the good news is? He will give them to you. You know, you could never earn them from him. Nothing you could offer him would be enough. He will give them to you. If you will come to him and put your faith in him. So I'm going to pray that all of us would be people who put our faith in Jesus and put our faith in his gospel promises this morning. Dear Father God, thank you for the gospel promises. Help us to listen to them and take them to heart. Father, it's so easy for them to wash over us and to have no effect on us. I pray that you take our eyes of the things that we can see and touch, that we put our hope in and we think will make us safe. Our money, our technology, our governments, our healthcare systems, our economies. Help us to see, to see them for what they are, fragile, man-made things that in the end will break. And I pray, Father God, that our faith would be in an unbreakable, unshakable rock that can never be moved. Help us to put our faith in your Son, Jesus. Amen.